know, I fight in my I fight in my underpants, Kev. Like oh, you know, no I'm one, not, no one needs to see that, brother. Gloves. Elijah, how are you? I'm good, Kev. How are you, mate? I'm very good. We've got a lovely sunny day. Apologies for the light coming through the window. You can see yeah. it's a rarity in Scotland, so we can take yeah, it. Yeah, same we can. England as well, mate. <laughs> um, Make the most of it, mate. 100%. We've, we've been talking about doing this officially. We probably talk like this quite often, probably more than I speak to most people. We, we kind of catch up. Um, but I just thought it would give people a bit of an insight to, uh, well, firstly, our relationship, but also what you do day to day, I guess. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, it's good. I've been looking forward to chatting with you, mate, as well, and you know, getting it out there. It'll, it'll yeah. be a good one, I'm sure. Um, let's start with the cliche stuff because that's the stuff that people always want to know. And uh, okay. I don't think I've done a podcast yet that involves me not asking this question. So <laughs> let's uh, go with background, foundation, history and the start of Elijah's journey. All right, cool. So I started uh, martial arts when I was four years old. Okay. And the main reason why I wanted to get into it was because of the Power Rangers and the Ninja Turtles. So I was always watching their, uh, their shows. I used to come home from school, I remember. And then uh, as soon as I got home from school, I'd sit in front of the telly and I'd be watching Power Rangers and Ninja Turtles and stuff. F- favorite Ranger? Uh, my favorite Power Ranger was the Blue Ranger. Billy. And my favorite. Did Billy Turtle... for you was? Is that my generation was Billy? Yeah. I-, I can't even remember the names of them. Billy to be was fair. the original yeah. Blue Ranger with the glasses. Oh, uh, oh, I don't know. I really don't know. It's been that long, but I always remember it being the Blue Ranger. I don't even know if I associated the name with them at that age, to be honest. I just like Blue Ranger. Just who's who's looking the coolest? Who's got the coolest outfit? Yeah. And then then for the Ninja Turtles, I always like Michelangelo. He's just just funny, isn't he? So, yeah. Yeah, but that was it. And then um, pretty much after after that, it it was quite good timing because Lee had opened his school in... Uh, mainly in Talford was only like a 10 minute drive away from, from right. my house and a leaflet came through the door one day advertising the school and then um, I obviously really wanted to go like I, I, I just wanted to learn these cool kicks and basically be a Power Ranger and uh, my mom was the one who wanted to take me at first it was more right. my mom trying to get me to go rather than my dad my dad didn't really want me to do any sort of combat sport or anything right. like that wow, he wanted me okay. to totally avoid uh combat or any sort of fighting or anything like that so um my dad didn't didn't want me involved but my mom was like no he'll absolutely love it he'll go he'll make friends and things so mom mom talked talked dad into it let Standard. me go to training and then that was it from there as soon as i started the we used to call it the little ninjas program mm-hmm. when i was four and i was doing all my all my catters and all my little kicks God. and all that stuff and the games, the fun and games, it was absolutely amazing. So it just took off from there, loved it, haven't looked back. That was my first real love and passion for something. And I always say to people, I'm so lucky that I found it from an early age because I think a lot of people go through yeah. their whole lives trying to find out what they really enjoy. And I'm just super blessed and lucky that ended up finding something I love when I was just four years old so yeah I think and I think as well like as an instructor myself the biggest thing I hear from people and the most cliche line is I wish I found this earlier yeah I'm you, sure you come across time. it like it's, a, it's it a common line so I, I, I guess you're right in that respect it's been such a big part of your life the foundation of what you've become today right on and off the mat 
and you've been you know you've had that journey from four years of age is amazing all from a flyer as well by the way yeah. from a, and you're yeah. a young lad but the generations of flyers going through the door is kind of mm-hmm. dying a death because it is as martial is, arts yeah. instructors we kind of say like they don't work anymore yeah. um but if i if, correct me if i'm wrong that flyer round that went around the area ended up pulling in some of the best and most talented youth of martial arts we saw in the UK for a while. Is that right? Well, yeah, I mean, we did have a great stable at Lee's gym because there, there wasn't just me training there, but we also had uh, Tom Evans, who was one of my best buds yeah. back then. And we were always training together and things like that. And and then um, the, the older lads, we had Roy Marlowe, who was a little bit older than <laughs> us, but he was training there. We had Chris Aston training there. We had Jack Evans, Tom, Tom's older brother, training there. We had Jordan Simmons. We had Dan Cartwright. The list goes on. We just it blows my real... mind that this is all from one actual. This is from club. one school. Yeah, it was a, incredible. Like when what we had our grounds. our tournament squad. Uh, yeah, it, it was it was it was looking really really promising for the future. If, uh, that's why sometimes I wish that we'd all that stuck with it because I, I just think where would we be now? God, I mean, if all of us wouldn't it would have stuck together with it, I think it would have been it would have been crazy. But that was the kind of uh, stable that we had. We had some amazing fighters, and quality of training was great. And with those guys being older than me as well, it was nice because yeah, you know they were kind of like bringing me through and guiding me. And then obviously you had Lee at the top of it all, who was the coach, and you know he was traveling around as well and doing his thing and helping us and. So yeah, it was it was a real, really, really good time, and the school that was when the school was really at its best in Telford. It was immense, really, really good. That's, a, that's literally like you're peaking early there, right? As kids, you got yeah. that type of breeding ground. Like it's one of the things that we try and create here at Wolfpack is that the sparring we have is so competitive that sometimes it actually outweighs going to say a local tournament, which sounds ridiculous, but. Yeah. Value-wise, ridiculous. No, I, I totally believe it, mate. Yeah, I see. If it, I mean, if you've got that type of sparring, that level of people pushing you in the room, then sometimes you are better off just sparring yeah. than actually going to a tournament. If you have got the right minds in the room as well, you know what I mean? Because everyone's got to have that competitive, uh, our competitive mindset. Because yeah. you know, I treat sparring the same way that I do when I go into competition. I think, from my point of view especially now that our sport is becoming so expensive um, yeah. to actually create sparring that happens internally at your club. Mm-hmm. Um, it's becoming more of a necessity, right? Um, yeah. And also that growth, the, the idea of being comfort in, in the four walls. Sometimes you actually get an idea of someone's true ability in, 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 in the club um, yeah. and getting the frequency, keeping that frequency higher than maybe doing too many tournaments is also key. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You, yeah. Uh, you yourself obviously have uh, achieved a lot in your career. Uh, I'm not going to list everything because that'd be our hour and a bit over, but um, yeah. pinnacle of your career. I think I know the answer, but I'm going to pretend like I know nothing about you today. So what would All you right, say mate. your proudest moment is? I, I think if you had to say proudest moment, because there's been multiple moments that have been highlights, but I would say sure. proudest of them all would probably be the Irish Open Grand Champion because yeah, every, every every point fighter's dream is to win that title. Like that is the yeah. biggest title in the sport to win by far, and that that is the one. So 
you know, that, that was an incredible thing for me. And I think it was extra special because I'd seen it so many times. Like I was watching the best, the best fight in that division when I was a kid. The first time I went to the Irish Open and I was like seven, eight years old. And then I was sitting by the areas and watching the likes of Ray and Michael Page and Zolt and, you know, all these Jason Borelli at yeah. the time, Harold Schmidt, Grillo. I mean, the list goes on. And I was watching those guys. And and then to think now that I'm on that same sort of stage and, and fighting for it myself is unbelievable. And to actually yeah. have won it as well is just obviously it feels amazing. weird for even me because obviously we've had a relationship for years now and um i can remember being on the sideline shouting some stuff from like do you remember junior junior grand champion austria yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Um, and that at that stage felt like a highlight for me yeah for you yeah. um because it was on yeah. the brace platform it kind of felt this is a big deal like i can remember that mm. being a highlight and getting the goosebumps then yeah um, yeah I mean, there's been so many highlights since then and during then that it's yeah. sometimes I, I, I hard to take stock. It is, yeah. I think that that's a big one, you know, Irish Open, just because it's the Irish Open and everyone wants to win it. The other one that I'm quite proud of as well, won the US Open Open Weight, which was a big one because it's totally different world fighting in the States to oh, just Europe. And we I experienced and I that semi recently, so I get it. Yeah. And I and I think if you can if you can win it on both sides of the water like you can win in Europe and you can win in the States then really there's no question about you know the the, the wins that you get you know because people talk about who, who the best is and stuff I think to be the best you've got to be able to do it anywhere yeah. and everywhere it's not just fighting in, in where you're comfortable or the same rules that you're comfortable in like you've got to be able to adapt so yeah. going over to the biggest tournament in the US and winning the open weight was a massive one for me as well uh, and then we got uh, Junior Wacker Worlds in Ireland when I won all four. That was a massive one as well. So I won the points, the light contact, the kick light, the team event. We won it all. So that was another massive one. Uh, City West holds is, is responsible for a lot of good memories for you. Yeah, right? it is, mate. It is. That's like one of my favorite favorite places. That's where all my beautiful memories come from. Yeah. Uh, so there's that one, and then the other one also in the City West was uh, 2013 and I was 14 years old and I won the Irish Open men's division like, in like contact. contact. Yeah, I remember, yeah, I was there. And I, I fought Aaron O'Connor in, uh, in the final on the in night the show. We had an absolute war as well. Good so, fight. It's a good fight. Yeah. So, I mean, to win, to win that at 14 as well and fight on the night show was just unreal feeling so i think that was that at the time that was like my favorite moment and then obviously there's been more since then yeah and hopefully now i can you know after covid and stuff get back to creating some more i think that um that like contact was that the year that you natasha and kalon won yes it Remember was there been a team photo somewhere. yeah i've got that picture somewhere yeah I think so Tash won the like contact I, I think it was a like contact title in the ring the same year or it would have been yeah, points, might have been, I remember yeah. but I think you guys both won the like contact and then Kalon won as well so yeah um, yeah I think it definitely was yeah I saw that photo recently actually so it just jogged the memory yeah um, I think it's important what you said about the the America Europe thing there seems to be such a need to go Oh, this one's better. No, this one's better. Oh, this result's better. Mm. But the biggest thing we found, we, we did the America tournament recently. Yeah. As recent as you can be with COVID. And um, 
the biggest thing we found is it wasn't a case of what which be- what was better. It was a big case of they were just different. Um, yeah. But the standard was obviously there. Um, yeah. It wasn't a wacko tournament, so the the point of being adaptable was was obviously absolutely right. But mm. there was a massive sense of this is a different style of point fighting, yeah. and I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the, yeah. the recognition the fighters got. I thought the trophies, the prize money, the setup, the hospitality for our side of things was um, unbelievable. Um, so I do think it still has a place within it. I know we get caught in our own path sometimes, especially with Wacko in the UK or in Europe. It does such a beast now, and there's still, there feels like such a gap in difference in tournaments compared to anything else. But I, I personally, I don't know what you think, but I think America has a massive place to play in the spectrum still. Absolutely. I mean, some of the best fighters still come out of the out of the US, you know. So there's there's a definitely the talent is there 100. percent It's just I think the biggest thing, the biggest difference. I don't think there is that much of a difference in in standard. Um, I agree. I, I would say it's very very close between the two. I, you know, it's it's just different. 50 50 that you get some great fighters in Europe. You get some great fighters in the states when they all come together at like Irish Open or something, that's what makes it truly special because you get both the best of both worlds. Yeah. But I think, um, yeah, American tournaments are really, really good. And it's just a different way. It's just a different way of fighting. It's more aggressive. Definitely. I feel like Europe is more of wacko in the rules. It's more of a strategic tactical game. We fight for longer rounds. So we do like, you know, two rounds in an open tournament. And that's obviously three for Worlds and Europeans. Yeah. I think the way the Americans fight is totally different to that because they fight for one, two-minute rounds. So they're just all go, 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 go. It's just, get your, it's just get as many points as you can in two minutes. So, and especially with the rules being the way they are over there as well, with the two-point body kick and everything, that's why you see so many kickers who just they lift their leg and they just charge at you with that and front they, leg and they and can kick they as well right and, My God. yeah they hit hard as well but you know so it's it's I, I like it i like it i think i prefer the european rule set i wish the two-point body kick wasn't a thing over there because i don't think it's justified to have two points for a body kick i think it's too easy to score a body kick on someone for it to warrant two points yeah. head kicks by all means two points but yeah. body kicks i don't really agree with that one I wish it was longer rounds as well, especially it would it would be better to have longer rounds over there because or more rounds, sorry, because I think it would entice more people from abroad to come over. I think that's I one because it's a very expensive thing. Like people can't always afford to go to these big events in the US, even though they'd love to. And if they did go, they'd only be getting like one division and then they'd be fighting for one round. You know? And that's so the biggest thing. I, I even growing up in the sport when I first started and I was like a yellow belt. Um, I remember hearing my teammates talking about a trip that they did going to the US Open and that we, we always wanted to do it. And yeah. The biggest thing, was, especially as a color belt coming through, there was these like, they felt like whimsical tales of, oh, it's only a seven point spread. You said mm-hmm. two-point body kick, and there was kind of these like things that were connotations of negativity. Where, yeah, do I really want to go over to America as a color belt and get kicked in the body three times and then blitzed? Um, probably the wrong mentality, yeah. but as a fighter coming through, 
who knows no different. You love the, the allure of going to the States, but the idea of having one fight with a couple of minutes, if that seven-point yeah. spread and the fight automatically it's finishes. There, mate. It's cutthroat. Like you, you go there and there's no second chances. It's like you either win or that's yeah. it, game over. Yeah. So, you know, in Europe, we can register in multiple divisions. You can have an off an off performance in one division and then you've got the next one or you've got the grand champion or you've got the continuous tomorrow yeah. That doesn't happen in the States. It's just win or that's it. So there's no excuses for, for anything. Uh, so I, I think it's good because it makes you focus. It's a different way of fight. I like the way that they fight over there. I like the hard contact. I like the aggressiveness. I do wish they had more rounds in the tournaments. I think the reason why they don't do it is like a time thing, I think other people say. But I wish, they, I wish yeah. they did do that because I think it would be better for the fighters. And I also, uh, I also wish that they did just longer rounds. Do you know what I mean? So, I, I think that I think that would be, uh, I think that would be a lot better. And and obviously giving you the chance to to fight multiple divisions is a massive one because you go there yeah. and you don't want to just fight one. You travel all that way, fighting one division is, you know. It does make it a little bit harder. And like I said, I'm just talking as well. Give us a bit more like to try to justify the trip, right? Um, yeah it kind of makes it yeah. a little bit more difficult but i mean if you're getting sponsored and things like that okay but i was gonna you know, say everybody kind of takes everybody away gets the sponsored, so yeah it's it's different if you're not sponsored and you're paying all of that money to go there and giving up the time to go there you want to make the most of the trip you want to get the absolute most out of the trip and you want as much mat time as as possible and i don't think the rules really allow you to do that which is a shame because I would love to go to the States and fight like three, four divisions and fight up weight yeah. classes and fight, you know, that'd be awesome. Like you can in Europe. So I, I think it's more appealing for America. I think this is what we're seeing now as well with the new Wacko, with, with Wacko now is we're seeing more Americans come. I think it's more appealing to them to come here than it is for us to go there for that reason only, I think. You know, it's not because the tournaments are, are better or anything like that. I think it's because you get more... For uh, f- more for your money, more for your time, you can get more experience. Do you know what I mean? It's, I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah, I think I, th- I think you've raised a lot of good points there. If they obviously from you can educate me a bit here, but for some for, for fighters that are looking to go over to America, is there any standout tournaments that you'd recommend or ones that you've enjoyed the experience from? Or I really top like three? the uh, yeah, I really like the so I I did a couple one year. Uh, so I did AmeriKick, like you guys did, mm-hmm. but it was in a different place back then. It was in Philadelphia. I think you guys went to Atlantic City, right? Yeah. The so, venue was ridiculous. It was so good. Yeah, it's, the one in Philly was huge as well. So I, I did uh, I did Philadelphia, the AmeriKick one year. There, I did. I also did. There used to be a tournament in Vegas, a Wacko Vegas tournament. Oh, that was the first time I ever fought in the States. Ray used to run that with, uh, oh, I can't remember, with Jarrett. He used to be Ray and Jarrett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He used to be Ray and Jarrett uh, in in Vegas. So I did that two years running because I just loved it. The first time I went, I went for like my my 18th birthday. It was like a birthday friend. (laughs) Yeah, and then I went to Vegas there and it was awesome. Me and Finn Wright went actually together. Uh So that, that that was an awesome one. And then we went back the following year. I did the same. And then, uh, but obviously that's Wacko rules. That's Wacko rules. It was still really good standard as well because I was thinking, because Wacko is still building over there, isn't it? Yeah. But 
they did have a lot of good fighters. They had uh, the Guatemalan guys come over. That's some crazy. of the wacker, some of the wacker Mexican team were there, and obviously a couple Again, of crazy. really good, really good West Coast teams as well that came to fight. So that was really good. I was impressed. Um, so that was a good tournament. I don't think it runs anymore, but that no, was good so. when it was going. NASCAR wise, uh, I think it was the following year after Vegas. I did um, the Warrior Cup was the first one in Chicago. I'd say that was my favorite NASCAR cool. tournament, actually. That was really good. Um, lots of, I, I think there was a lot of good fighters in there. Really, really uh, stacked divisions as well. So that was a good one. Warrior Cup. I did the Compete Nationals yeah. in California. So went out there, trained a little bit with, um, with Raymond and that and the guys stayed at Ray's house and then we did the compete tournament which is a really good uh not not as big as some of the other NASCAR tournaments because it's on the west coast but it was it was still a good event and with it being right before Irish Open as well it's like a nice uh almost like a nice warm-up for Irish Great Open preparation yeah gets you in there gets you in the competition mode and everything so that was a good one and then I've done US Open as well I've done US Open twice so yeah, I mean they're, they're they're all good. If I had to pick a favorite event from the states, I'd probably I'd probably say the Warrior Cup was the best NASCAR event that I went to. I I really enjoyed that one, so I'd I'd like to go back there someday. That's Chicago, well. right? Chicago, and it's in January. Yeah, it's I'd like love right to do, I'd love to do Chicago anyway. It looks like a cool city. So it is, was very cool. Yeah, it was. Uh, actually, was over there with uh, Evelyn because Evelyn was on the All Stars for a short period of great, time. Great well. fighter as well, yeah. Yeah, so we were like going round and exploring Chicago a little bit and that. So it it was it was really cool. The only <laughs> the only trouble is because it's in January, it is freezing. Yeah, I but bet. I think you'd be all right with that because you live in Scotland. But I, it'd be summer. It I'll be there in cold, shorts and t-shirt probably. So uh... yeah, it, it was <laughs> it was it was very cold. It was very cold. So. Yeah, if you let's, do go, um, let's bring just, all let's, of your normal let's touch, <laughs> <laughs> let's touch on uh, the, the all-star thing. So, um, I again, being friends for so long, I, I, I've seen loads of photos of you growing up, kickboxing, successes, kind of meeting the idols of the sport. And um, there's a couple of iconic ones I can think of is, is you and Raymond Daniels. Yeah. Uh, you and Robbie Lavoie sticks out in my head a lot as well. Yeah. Um, you're on the team with these people now. Yeah. Like, is, does, does that still feel a bit weird? It does feel a bit weird in a yeah. way. But, and, but I think now, because I've been on, on the team for a few years now, like four, four years, I think it is now I've been on the team. It's, it's becoming a little bit more like ordinary, but it is still quite difficult to get my head around because like you said, I've been watching these guys since I was just a kid and seeing them fight and they were like heroes and idols and like I even tell them this now and they just like laugh it off but <laughs> but they but they don't understand I don't think they really understand well it, it must be weird for them as well in a way because they saw me when I was just a baby yeah. as well so now to think that I'm like a you know 22 year old man on Inte on their team as well yeah it must team. be quite weird for them yeah. but for me to actually be in the team, you know, the All-Stars was the team back in the day, you know, it's just got such a legacy. So to be on the team with them is... I, I don't uh, see Natasha Starstruck very often, but Tasha obviously fought for the All-Stars a little bit um, at one stage of her career as well. 
um did a couple yeah. of fights and it, kind of was, it looked like we were going in that direction but uh, obviously i think mma or fe you know we had a baby i can't remember what the reason was but it didn't come to fruition but even natasha said like that team presence like i remember she was fighting in a team event and uh ray was there and he was chatting to her beforehand psyching her out the next minute the fight starts and Natasha literally tries to murder this girl in the first three seconds. I'm like, this yeah. isn't, what's going on? This is mad. <laughs> I spoke to her afterwards. She went, Kevin, the things that Ray said to me there to get me hyped up for this fight was about disrespecting me on the mat and not to let it happen. She's like, yeah. I don't know what happened. It just like, it just took over my whole person. I was like, and that's a bit of Ray that I don't think we necessarily see. We see the showman, but we see the talent mm. for sure. We see everything that shouldn't work in point fighting work. Um, and But I liked hearing that element of him with his team, if that makes sense. He is a born, bred winner. Yeah. That, sure. that is oh. it. Like his, his mentality is win at all costs. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and this, this is why he has been as successful as he has. It's not because of his amazing talent and stuff. But it's, it's to do with his mindset. And he is just, uh, this is why we get on so well as well, because we're very like-minded in that sense. Paralleled, yeah. We do absolutely everything to win. And, um, yeah, you can see, obviously, you see him smiling and joking and showboating and, and things like that and enjoying himself. But when it comes down to it, like, he is so hungry and he wants nothing more than to win. So, you know, and, and that and, hunger and when, hasn't when, ever seemed to have gone either. That's the yeah. frightening thing because his his legacy. Yeah. So when you said you went to the Irish Open at seven or eight, right? Um, or yeah. whatever age, who was winning that grand champion for you then? Raymond. And then we, we fast forward um in an era where you're comp- competing in the grand champion, and there's yeah. been enough events probably where Raymond still won it, right? Yeah, yeah. Frightening. Exactly. Frightening. I mean, the guy won 10. You know, like ten open weights, ten Irish open open weights, and I think I think five or six of them were in a row. So it's absolutely Wild. incredible what what he's done. But you know, I, I I think it is more as skilled as he is and as talented as he is. I think it's more to do with his mindset and you know being being older now and almost like we're, we're I mean we're great friends. We have an awesome uh, relation relationship with each other now as well. So we talk about things a lot more yeah. and I've really noticed that from him is his his mindset I actually actually think when I went to California so I went a couple of years back and uh, he invited yeah. me out to do some training and he let me stay at his house for eight weeks and Robbie was living at his house as well at that time so Jesus. you know I was going over there and, get, <laughs> and then Jack lives like 10 minutes away from Raymond's house so everyone's like really close together so we were meeting up every day and doing training it was the, the best thing ever it was incredible but I think what really what really um I don't want to say changed because I, I've always had I've always had this mindset but yeah I don't know it was kind of like it just like he, he, he kind of built me up uh in my mind because I think I think you can have your own confidence, like your own confidence. But then when you hear someone say, someone that you really, really appreciate the opinion of and that you highly, highly look up to and you hear them say things to you, I think it gives you another level of confidence and and belief. Because the things he was saying to me, you know, there's like conversations that we'd be having in the kitchen 
And he'd be like, Elijah, why aren't you winning like six, seven, eight open weights in a row? Because you've got all the skills and the talent to do it. Now is the time that you should be doing that it. And, like that. Yeah. And, and, and he's saying, you know, you could go on to win 11. You, you could go on to beat my record and things like that. And when I hear him saying that to me, it's like just the boosted me right up oh, you know imagine. so it's like it was like it like lifted my confidence even though I'm highly confident in myself as it is you know having hear, hearing him say that to me was huge so that that was massive and then um obviously getting the high quality training that I had over there as well I'm doing yeah. private lessons with him I'm training with Jack I'm training with Robbie we're doing the sparring you know it was amazing I'll come back from there and then that was when I really started to go on my like streak because yeah. I was winning my divisions and stuff when I was when I was like you know 18 19 I was winning men's divisions but I wasn't winning the open weights and the grand champions so when I come back from California that's when I really started to go on that streak I won I came back and I won uh, Bristol which was my first like big open weight and then the following year I won a uh, golden glove Athens point fighting cup uh Hungarian World Cup, Best Fighter, uh, Flanders, um, Bristol again. It's so a hell of a run, isn't US, it? The US Open as well. So, you know, I won all of those in one year. And I think that really did, like, spur me on is going out there to California and just, like, getting, not only getting the technical training to help me improve, but also, like, the mindset and just chatting with people like Raymond and things like that, you know, that's what they say, isn't it? You know, you've got to associate. If you want to be a lion, you Rubbing associate shoulders. yourself with lions. Yeah. Surround yourself with lions. And I think that's what I needed to really push me to the next level. And it definitely did that. And, you know, I think I'm much better off now for it, 100%. I think it's an interesting one as well, right? Because knowing and hearing that Raymond Daniels thinks that you have the ability to go yeah. on to beat the 10. Yeah. And not only that, but he's part of that journey where he's actually saying to you, he's going to help you do that by facilitating this training. Yeah, yeah. Well, that shows it'd be hard not to be. As well, yeah, you know? it'd be hard not to be confident, though, right? Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. It's hearing that from him is just, you know, incredible. But you know, he really, really looks after me and he treats me like I'm his little brother a lot of the time. Love you it. know, he, re he really looks out for me and and he's just such a great person and. And Colby as well. They're just honestly, they're such a such a yeah. lovely couple. And you know, honestly, couldn't speak highly enough of them both. And what I try and, um, they I try and provide me. tea for Colby because she always gets left on a stand. So uh, <laughs> I, I bring yeah. coffee. Bless her, I know. Luca, I know, yeah. I know, bless her. But, but yeah, you know. So I, honestly, like being around her own those right. guys, <laughs> push me, push me to the next level, hundred percent. I love it. No, I think, like I said, I think a lot of people. At the time when we first the the all star link was starting to really solidify, I think a lot of people questioned the motivation and the and, and even the relevance, which sounds ridiculous, but within the sport, people would understand that you're talking about Elijah from the UK fighting for the all stars. It kind of didn't. It made sense if you knew you, but if you didn't, you were like, "Well, hold on a second. Why why is this happening? What are we doing here?" Like, yeah. And then you go on to see the results based on that relationship being forged and it answered everything. Well, this is the thing when people ask me, you know, what, why did I, why did I do it? It's a no brainer because my only goal is to get better. That's it. All, all I want to do is get better and who better to train with and push me 
than those guys. Yeah, Robbie, Jack, and Ray. Like, it's, it's a blessing to have like 100%. their kind of guidance. People, you know, people thought, oh, maybe you're getting sponsored, or maybe you're getting this out of it, maybe getting that out of it, you know. But really, the main motive for it was these guys can take me to the next level, and I've got the opportunity to go and train with them. I've got the opportunity to learn from them because all I care about, Kev, is winning. I don't care about the money. I have I noticed that. About, I have noticed that. I don't care about any, anything, anything like that. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't bother me at all. All I want to do is win and get better. So it was a no-brainer. If I had the opportunity to go and spend eight weeks in California training with them, then that's all yeah. the reason for me to for me to join. So I don't need a sponsorship. I don't need that. All I need is to win. I love it. I think that that attitude comes across in your fighting like consistently yeah um, you know i'd fight in my i'd fight in my underpants kev like oh, you know no, one, no one needs to see that brother no one needs to see that i don't you know i don't need flashy uh flashy gear or anything like that like you know all i want is the knowledge and that's why i'm hungry for knowledge so wherever i can get it you know i'll go wherever i gotta go and do whatever i gotta do i think that's and again a lot of people talk that kind of talk, but very few people walk it. And I think that's the best thing we've seen with you recently, more than ever. Well, consistently, to be fair, but more than ever is the is the results. Results, you know, you're letting them do the talking right now, which is, you know, fascinating to see from the growth of someone so young. And I know your dad aid very well. I know him pretty well, I think, over the years. Oh, yeah. And he's someone I, I really look up to. And one of the reasons I like talking to him is, as a father now myself i see that pride i have an understanding now where i, I obviously knew how he felt but now yeah. you know now i've got effie i can i kind of feel it a lot more and i think one thing mm-hmm. that he's been great at is cataloging your success yeah and there's so yeah, many yeah. iconic photos that he's taken in my head <laughs> that i can replay from the top 10 uk photo of all the youngsters at the Irish yeah. Open to and and then, and then it's easy to fast forward now with the iconic moment of you falling to your knees after the Irish Open. It's, yeah. it's for me. It's you're you're probably one of the best representations of our sport from a growth point of view. We can map your journey, and I think yeah. that's quite important because sometimes not everybody gets to where they want to, which is just the harsh reality of combat or any sport. But also, with amateur sport, it's not necessarily catalogued um and then obviously you got the transitional bit where if if talent wasn't the reason they didn't make it age from when they hit those teenage years and we lose them and we don't ever get to always see that from when they were young to when they were big and i think sometimes we miss out on that which is quite frustrating if that makes sense yeah absolutely you know and like you said in those those teenage years as well are, are vital but you know, the, the thing for me was I always made this sport a priority. I told you in the beginning yeah. how much I love doing this and how passionate I am about it and how lucky I was to find it. And throughout the teenage years, you know, when, you know, people may choose to go and study, do university, those things, and they take over, that's fine. But for me, it was like, I love to do this and I don't want to do anything else. I don't really care about university. Like I, I just want to do this. What they, everybody tells you to do, do what you love. So I do what yeah. I love and I, and I truly love this sport. So for me throughout those teenage years, I was just, you know, grinding away and training away. And, you know, throughout that time, a lot of my you know, peers 
dropped off one by one and left the sport for whatever reason. But you know, I always kept focus on on the end uh, the end goal, and I always knew this would happen. I always knew it would happen that I get to this point. So now it's now it's on to the next one. Let's uh, address the elephant in the room, which is COVID nineteen. Um, oh gosh, <laughs> there's a lot of um, there's a lot of talk about the the environment of kickboxing when we get back, how the outlay is going to look and, you know, the lay of the land, so to speak. Yeah. Um, I spoke to Danny Slevin about this a little bit on the first cast that we did, but also it's, you know, there's a lot of things get thrown around in social media. The two sides of the argument are, we're going to see a brand new scene of people winning. Um, and then the other scene is that, you know, we're going to lose a lot of people they're obviously very much connected. My thing is, and it'd be good to get your opinion is, I think the kids, yeah, I think we will see a lot of new children champions yeah. um, because, you know, kids fall out of love quickly when sport is running 24 seven, let alone when we don't have, you know, the ability to let them be competitive due to the, you know, COVID-19. The other side of it is, and I'm a big believer of this, is champions remain champions. Winners know how to win. Um, do you see any changes when we go back in regards to the adult champions and do you see any changes or how do you see the, you know, the tournament scene looking after this pandemic? The, the same. I really think the adults divisions will be the same. All the top guys know how to win. They're all experienced. They all know what they're doing out there. They'll find a way to win. And they would they would have been training during this time, you know. I know I have definitely been keeping myself ready for when the tournaments do mm -hmm. come back and resume. So I don't think there's going to be any major changes. I I agree with you that there will be a lot of changes in the kids because you know kids kids do quit unfortunately. But I think in the adult divisions, I I'm pretty sure we'll be seeing the same faces. Maybe a couple of good juniors coming through. Uh, which would be yeah. nice to see, yeah, you know, some fresh blood in the in the men's divisions. But I think as for like who's going to be winning consistently, it's going to be the same guys. I think it's interesting to the parallels that we've been drawing. So obviously, you started competing in divisions with like the Irish Open, um, with Raymond still very much involved, and we're talking about that junior coming through. You were that junior, and yeah. then the one that I can relate to there for me is I've got a kid, Adam Locke, at my place. And mm -hmm. having Adam in the tag team event, dying to fight you and Rob, I think it was Robbie, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah, we did. He's we did the junior, yeah. and he was dying to fight you two. Yeah, um, that's the it's, thing, yeah. It's kind of nice to see it when it does work out, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's great for the juniors to like get in there and start. I think that's how you get better as well. You know, you've got to fight the best. You've got to try and... Because I, I think you can either go about it two ways. You know, some juniors are like hesitant to kind of step up to the mark and fight <laughs> with the best guys because they're worried for whatever reason. But then you've got the other end of the spectrum and then some guys really want to assert themselves in the men's division, start making a splash, start, you know, yeah. taking out the good names. I, I remember I, I used to have like a list of people that I wanted to go and beat when I was really? like... Yeah, I used to have a list of them and then I'd tick them off. Right, I'll be that guy. Right, who's next? <laughs> Get me the next one. I was like 16, 17 fighting in the men's. Right, I, I knew I wasn't going to win the open weights. You know, I'd do my best to win, obviously, but realistically, it wasn't as likely being so young. But my goal was always to take a scalp 
Like beat yeah. someone with a name, beat someone with a name. And every time you do that, you just assert yourself more, more people get to know you more people, you know, and that's how you start building your reputation is by taking out big names. And, you know, it's, you have to have the guts and to do it as a, as a young, as a young kid. Oh, to I step can remember Adam, but, he's never been more buzzing. Like he was literally well, on the side, like, I'm going to get a fight with Elijah. I'm going to smash him. I'm like, you're not. But I, I like your enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah, but this you got you got to have that mentality going in there. Otherwise, you shouldn't be you shouldn't be doing it because if you if you're hesitant like that yeah. and you're fighting somebody good, you know they're they're gonna they're gonna beat you easy. So you've got to have that kind of mentality and that confidence going in there, hundred uh, percent. But and you know the, the the thing with the juniors are there's a lot of good ones out there and it is doable like juniors can can beat highly oh, high yeah, high yeah. level uh, adults it can happen so you know there's all the more reason for the adults to be like focused on every single fight and the juniors have got are just young and hungry they've got nothing to lose and all they want to do is beat you nothing to so lose mentality you got to yeah, make sure that dangerous. doesn't happen <laughs> yeah i love it i think it's uh a really valid point actually like that 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 will to win but not only that it's the no fear of loss when you're a junior like yeah that's it like because it's an extra isn't it yeah you, you see them going up into the men's divisions but they've already fought their junior division so it's like they're fighting the junior divisions that's the one that they should be winning right yeah and then when they go in the adults it's like no pressure just fight you end up fight, you end up fighting better as well with that lack of you pressure end up fighting better exactly that's yeah. what i used to do when i was a kid i'd fight my junior divisions and i'd be like right i'm gonna win those I'm going to step into into the adults, and I just want to take a scalp. Just give me one good name, I'll beat them, and then the next time I'll beat somebody else, and the next time I'll beat somebody else, and before you know it, you just keep you keep growing and growing and growing, and then you're yeah. like comfortable fighting in the in the adults divisions and the open weights and things like that. That's how it works. So, no, I love it. Um, while we're talking about fighters, let's do the obvious favorite fighters, male and female. Favorite fighters, male and female. Ooh. Is this like all time? Or are we talking like now? No, mine, dude. I just throw some names into the hat, into the mix. Well, it's obviously Raymond's like for the males. Raymond, I, I actually, my favorite fighters like kind of changed throughout. So obviously, Raymond was the biggest, the, the biggest and the best fighter when yeah. I was a kid growing up, definitely. So, and you know, his, and his style's attractive to watch. I mean, he's doing yeah, jumping, spinning sure. kicks and all sorts and hitting people with him. Like, of course, everyone's going to love that. So, uh, Raymond, definitely. Um, I also really used to love watching Robbie. Robbie Lavoie. Yeah, amazing, right? Amazing, amazing. So, you know, Robbie Lavoie is another one. I remember watching him fight in the Irish Open. I think it was 2009, something like that. That's when I really started to, to like, search him up start doing some like start watching some fights on him as well on youtube and things like that. after that when i saw him there because he was just lightning quick so right definitely robbie I, I like the fact that as well with robbie like even now there'll be you'll be in a team event right and there'll be some big dude and you'll be like oh who are they going to send in and then you realize robbie lavar's on the team you're like yeah. robbie's got this handle you literally just like bang bang <laughs> right i'll do it like he, the boy has move and then like throw a spin a hook kick or you won't something. care it'll be all right yeah. he doesn't care and the thing is he talked nah, about he juniors care. having no fear robbie never grew up the fear never came in oh like, mate, no nah, he's, he's not bothered who he's fighting again you could, put, you could put harold schmidt or a roman on him and he's he's not phased by it, you know no. he's just he, he has full confidence in his abilities and they'll say himself as well his size 
he uses it to his advantages now. Like One of the few that does, yeah. So people see it as a as a, a disadvantage for him, but actually, his style and the way he fights uh, is actually better to be smaller like that. So he's yeah. he's come up with ways to like use his size to his advantage, which is again that's a sign of a true champion being able to adapt to. That's why I used to everything. like having when I was, was running like the top ten UK team. I used to love having Sharon Gill on my team because Sharon, I could actually yeah. really utilize because she knows her fight. She knows her role. She knows the importance of a team and how a team yeah. operates. So if the I needed Sharon as well, she had yeah, like if I need work. someone to go out there and do a job of a certain yeah. description, I could, I could air it to Sharon. Sharon's like, yeah, no bother. I can get that yeah. done for you, Kevin. And yeah, she never failed me on a single time in a team event where I needed a certain thing done. I was like, yeah. Shaz, you're probably going to, I need you to kind of lose this fight, but only by one point, like it's their best fighter. Can you spend two minutes frustrating them for me, please? And she'd be like, yeah, no bother. And then she'd do it. And yeah. I'm like, tactically, she was That's an absolute it. dream Sharon's to work got with. no ego. She's, no, just, no, honestly. she's just a proper legend. Yeah. And, you know, and she's, I think her and Robbie are similar in the fact that they're so well-rounded. Yes. So you can ask them to do a job and they'll be able to do it. So if you told Robbie to kick or Sharon to kick, they yeah. can both kick. You tell them to, oh, all right, I need five points. Go and blitz them five times. Both of them can do that. You told them to pull back and be defensive. Both of them can do that. You want them to move. Yeah. They're both very well-rounded. So they're very similar, like male and female for that. Um, and then I think the other the other male that has to be mentioned here is Grillo because he was a massive inspiration for me as well. When I, thought I, was he like, would, I thought he would come up because I know he had well, such a big part to play for you. Yeah, because when I was I oh, 12, 13, something like that, and uh, I really started watching him then. Like I already knew who he was and how good he was, but then he, that was kind of when he was doing the intensive point fight training as well, and that was like at its peak. Yeah. So I remember he came to Bristol and did one, and it was him, Michael Page, and Jardy. And that's the still has to be the best training weekend I've ever done. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. The amount of knowledge there, and top-level fighters from all over. It wasn't just, like, UK people coming. Nah, everyone was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Swiss people were there. There was, like, Irish people coming over. Like there was, yeah, Norwegians were there. So that was just absolutely incredible that training weekend. But Grillo definitely, I just love his, I love his his mentality, and uh, I, I think he's so clever that sometimes it's even difficult to understand. Like getting to his mind, do you not? Does that make sense? Yeah, because he's he's like he's like on another level. Like he's on another planet. He's he's just the way he thinks of things. It makes sense, but I can understand why some people might think, oh, that's just too too deep. I think as well, like you said, like because to get a grip of what he was doing, he did very well to put point fighting on paper or point yeah. fighting on film or instruction. But I think he was very smart in the fact that he had a lot more in his head and he knew yeah. that it was never going to translate to your, your, your average fighter. Well, he's highly, highly intelligent. This I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, I, I think he was the first person who really, when they taught a seminar, was talking about, like, controlling emotions and things. Like, he, that's what he would be going through. He'd be, yeah. like, talk, he'd be like, teaching you how to control your emotions, how to control your anchor, thoughts. Anchor points as well. Things, things like that, that yeah. aren't, yeah, things that aren't even associated with the fight he was talking about. 
like how to deal with adversity, how to, you know what I mean? Like things that can just happen in life and how to switch your focus, switch your brain onto, onto what's at hand right now. Things, yeah. Just little drills you used to do like that, that you should just blow your mind. And then obviously rapid blitzer. I mean, poof, you know, one of the fastest blitzers ever. Definitely sweeps were class. You know, he's just just the class class fighter. So if I had to say men's Ray, it oh it switched through like I, I was, went through stages. Robbie was like my first like hero. Then then it was like more Grillo, and then later years like end of teenage years coming into an adult Ray. Yeah, definitely. And then for, and then and then for females. Well, there's so many as well. That's the thing. Uh, Louise is a great fighter, isn't she? I love Louise. You know, saying, yeah. Absolutely amazing. She's a, her style is similar to Grillo, that blitz they do, you know, that front hand push Same blitz. instructor, right? It's like, like, they, yeah. yeah. It's like a signature IKEA blitz. Yeah. <laughs> they all throw Jumpy must have had them just like absolutely just smashing the yeah. same technique for sure. But, you know, Louise is definitely legend, definite legend. Uh, Evelyn, fantastic great. fighter. You got Tash. Fantastic fighter. Tash can do everything as well. Points, light, full, kick, light, whatever you want. You know, that's what's yeah. great about Tash. And uh, yeah, I'd say I'd say those three. But for the women's recently, I'd say probably uh, probably my favourites. But uh, oh, and also I can't not mention Sharon Gill in that as well. We just spoke about <laughs> yeah. it a minute ago. You have to stick Sharon there because Sharon is just all round athlete, trains well hard yeah one of the hardest workers out there definitely oh, and on sure. top of that is like one of the nicest people i've ever met in my life so super humble lovely lovely person as well so yeah there you go god dear so you've, you've listed like 400 favorite fighters i like it mate it's hard to choose just one isn't it? listen i think you're right and like what's great is that with our sport, there's depth in the female ranks as much as there is the male ranks, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Like you can talk about some of my favourite fighters from the female point of view. I definitely would say Louisa. I don't really say Tash because I'm biased, but Louisa for sure. But um, I love Bev. Bev for me as well. Like you Bev see Bev. Bev yeah, Bev. man, frightening. And you speak to her afterwards and she's so chill off the mat. But on the mat, she has that kind of laser focus that we've discussed a lot today. Yeah. Um, and then you've got some of the American girls coming through the ranks more that we don't necessarily know a lot about, but uh, are dominant. And then you've got these young kind of Italians coming through that are, yeah. like Good. they're going against a few of the more traditional point fighty principles. And um, you look at HMD, for example, they're kind of out there completely. They do some really crazy stuff, but they make it work and they're adding the entertainment value again back into the sport. Like, there's so many different elements of it. Yeah. Um, yeah for me, it'll always be probably Louisa, if I'm honest. Um, yeah, she's a legend. She's just oh, a legend of the sport. The you warmest know, human down. being you'll ever come across. And yeah, great, great. Um, oh, mate, I, I, I couldn't agree. I think we've got a, a, a lot of similarities in our choices there, for sure. Yeah, I think we know, we appreciate, you know, the, the greatness of them all. And you know, for me, choosing so many, it's because, like, throughout, I've had, like, stages of watching all of them, and, and you kind of take, you take something from everyone, don't you? Yeah. That's why it's hard to say, you know, like, an absolute favourite, because you just take things from everyone, and you try and blend it together. That's what I've done, like, and that's what I've kind of 
tried to do over the year over the years is like take as many things as possible from each person and then try and blend it all into to fit me and make it my own so you know i take I something from every top yeah, champion i think that's become apparent and one of the most exciting things about you right now is like we got you to do some of our zoom sessions uh, yeah recently. and what i think makes you very very well-rounded is you're a phenomenal instructor now Oh, thank like, you. <laughs> you're a, yeah, genuinely, I, 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 I've taught for a very long time, but for me, you're one of the few people that I would still hang off every word listening to your Zoom sessions. I'm still super interested in every aspect, every theory, every drill that you're teaching my guys. And like, I, as an instructor, you, you find a lot of people kind of want to go, oh, no no he can't teach my guys like it make me look bad i, I yeah. find myself getting super humbled by your your teaching ability and feel don't i don't feel bad about myself in the slightest um <laughs> i just love seeing you talk because the the energy and the love that comes across in every you've obviously taught ses sessions with me in the past in person but if you you have this ability to translate via zoom which is a skill set itself um, <laughs> yeah. because we're all probably very zoomed out right now, but I think your love for instruction is now starting to come through. And yeah. I want to touch on that because obviously you've got a bit of a project under, under play right now with Lee Matthews. Yeah. Um, so do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, you know, I, the thing with me is Kev is like how I do anything is how I do everything. That's the Lee Matthews quote right there as well. Oh he God, says don't tell him that. He says that more than anyone I know, but but it but it is true. And, He's got some know, good quotes, by the way, but we won't go on about knocking, knocking on doors and stuff. Just, just... oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's that's what I do. You know, I, the same way I approach fighting is the same way I'll approach coaching is the same way I'll approach yeah. training. It's the same way. Everything is the same. It's the full effort, one hundred percent focus on what you're doing. The passion has to be there. The fire in the belly has to be there, no matter what you're doing. Um, so, you know, when I'm when I'm coaching, and I'm, I'm on Zoom coaching, whether it's in person, I'm teaching 100 people in person, or whether I'm doing it through a laptop screen, it yeah. makes no one to me. You know, my love for what I do is always going to outweigh the, the obstacles in front of us. That's just how I, that's just how I function. So that's, that's how it is for that. And I think, what makes somebody a great coach is having an understanding of what they're telling people to do because a lot of a lot of people out there that give seminars and things like that yes they're telling them good drill they're showing them good drills that they're showing them good techniques that but what really makes the difference is having the understanding of when and why to do the techniques or the drills when does that happen what why should you use this in that situation why should you do that at this moment in the fight rather than that moment in the fight? Why is this a good idea? Why is this not a good idea? It's all about explanation. And the only way that you can explain is by fully understanding. So for me, having been a fan of the sport and a true lover of the sport and everything like that, I understand because I've taken so much time. I've gone to seminars myself. I've written notes down of recorded drills from oh, the I've seen end. I've seen your iPad of classes yeah this on is your notes thing. yeah and all of this information like I'm processing it all the time and that over that now has come back and given me 
just an in a really in-depth understanding of what we do. So not I'm not just going to tell people what somebody else told you. I'm going to tell you it from my perspective, mm-hmm. my thought process, what's going on. And I'm also going to tell you the reasons why you're doing it. Because everyone, that's the main thing. It's the yeah. reason why. Why are we doing this? Why? When, it seems when, to be a when full, gonna... there's, there's definitely a feeling of full disclosure with you when you teach. I don't hold anything back. No, I get that. I don't hold anything back. I don't try and keep secrets or... No, I see that. Or, you know, like I just, I, all I want to do, like I told you what, how I do everything is how, how I do anything is how I do everything. So I'm, I'm giving all this information out there. When I, when I teach, that's my obligation is to give whoever, whoever it is I'm teaching for a fantastic session. I want them to take something from it. I want them to be hungry, ambitious, ask questions about it. I want them to be as just as passionate about it as I am giving it to them. So, you know, that that's that's how it is with me teaching on Zoom. But um, anyway, getting into the uh, into what I'm doing with Lee, I'm actually opening my own school soon in Wellington, which is very, very exciting. So I'm going to be having my own my own gym, my own academy. It's going to be called BMMA World Champion Academy. Uh, it's going to be in the Wellington uh, High Street, which is in Telford, not too far from from where I am. And my goal with that is to make it one of the best places in the UK to train. That's what I really want to do. I want to be able to cater for all um, all abilities, all ages, all levels. I want to be able to cater for the beginners right through to catering for world champion, world-class athletes. And my goal is to have a school and a stable of champions. So that, that's, that's my goal with that one, is to, is to really bring through that next generation and, um, yeah, have one of the best, the best teams out there in the world. And on top of that, I also want to run some, some events. I want to do, like, training camps, yeah. Um, and things like that where I want to have people over internationals over and start running things like that as well which I think would be fantastic not just from a selfish point of view trying yeah, to get people here to my gym but you know just for everyone I think it'd be such an amazing thing it's to, something uh, we've always tried to do is, is uh, as a club is to bring people in as much yeah. as possible because yeah you can learn from pretty much anyone right and uh that's it mate yeah we've that's had you we've had you there have numerous occasions i've had jack over i've had you know jardy we had uh ray uh one of my favorites we've had is is robbie lavoir uh sorry robbie McMenemy as well yeah um, great mind as well yeah yeah frightening scary brain um spiss morton spiss like old yeah. school but again super switched on by the way like some of the stuff that he kind of grips on and bearing in mind it's english is his second language and his ability to teach it i'm like oh okay yeah I can like imagine, you, you, yeah. you watch your p's and q's a little bit more after you teach him because he's yeah. suddenly realized that this guy knows a lot of information so um i think that's a great attitude to have it'd be easy for you to rest on your laurels right now and go i'm elijah everall this is the elijah everall school and it's Elijah Everall that can only teach you. And I think the fact that you're going in with that mentality immediately of I'm going to source other people to expose my guys to different trails of thought, yes. I think it's a really refreshing attitude to have. Well, well, this is the thing, mate, is because I've done it that way. Yeah. And, you know, and, I, and I've been successful from doing it that way. So I feel like other kids or the students of mine should be doing the same the same thing i think that's how you get to a yeah. high level the quickest is by not having an ego 
training wherever, wherever. It's like we're going back to what we said with the All-Stars earlier. Hungry for knowledge. Go where the knowledge is. Yeah. If it's in Italy and there's a seminar being taught by Grillo, go there. Get there. Do yeah. it. Write it down. Record it. Do whatever you got to do. Bring it back. Work on it. Michael Page is doing something in London. Why aren't you there? <laughs> yeah, Why aren't no, you going I, to California like... to train with Raymond? Like, this is the thing, like, and I, and I know it's not easy, as easy as cool. that. I know, I know, I know. I know but, what you're saying, though. You know, you've got to be hungry for the knowledge. Get yourself out there. Go wherever you need to go to get it. That's, you know, you just got to be relentless in that sense. Not not letting things hold you back and other people hold you back from, from making you better. You've got to put yourself in those positions, traveling around, learning from other people's experiences to really evolve. Uh, your own fighting style and and your own abilities and that's what I did and that's what I'll definitely be encouraging my students when I do get them in uh, to do as well is travel learn from whoever you whoever you need to learn from come back it's going to make you a better fighter so I love it I think as well like as a coach who's super competitive like myself the idea yeah. of you having a little staple of guys doesn't exactly fill me with warm and cuddly emotions, nah. I'll be honest. But I'm <laughs> yeah, we're coming I'm to that wacko GB table, mate. Mate, you're not getting your hands anywhere near <laughs> it, let me assure you. I'm, I'm uh, the longest reigning champion on that, I think, but uh, <laughs> the COVID. But um, yeah, for me, that's, that's exciting, right? Because that's my outlet now is making sure that my team finish on that table in the highest position we can. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like, the idea of you doing that only spurs me on and that's the way it should be and people should see healthy competition right absolutely yeah yeah that's what it's all about at the end of the day mate so i'm excited for it uh it's it's going to be a challenge for me but you know i embrace challenge that's how i am and you've got lee right ultimately lee's there as well yeah it's always and and with with lee as well i think this is going to be the perfect platform for you you've got someone who's been there done it from a business sense and you yeah. the most relevant point fighter on the planet, you know, teamed up with someone like Lee, I think, I think you guys are going to have nothing but success. Yeah. I, I, that's, we did say that in the beginning, like it's going to be a great, I bet Lee said partnership. that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it is going to be a great, great partnership with the, with the two of us because, you know, there's nobody better for the business side than Lee. No. You know, anyone that knows no. him will, will say that. And, uh, what, you know, what and, the enthusiasm right now, you have over points fighting, Lee has about business. And yeah, this is why it's going to work. Put them two together so well. and it's frightening. Frightening. Yeah, this, this is why it's going to work uh, work really, really well. So I'm excited to get it going and start start building with it. We're, we're expecting the planning permission to be back anytime now. So Amazing. as soon as we get that approval, we're going to be in there. We're going to be uh, getting the gym ready to open as soon as possible and start getting people in those doors and get training. That's what it's all about. Listen, what we're doing is obviously we'd, we'll, we'll, we'll look forward to having you back up here in Scotland for sure. I know it's on the on the table, has been yeah. for a while. Um, we've adapted yeah. a little bit, but we're super excited to see you up here. Um, your journey within the martial arts school ownership side is going to be a great one, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, probably more important than both of them we're all dying to see you compete again um as well as being there ourselves so um thank you so much for today i really really appreciate it we could could do this for hours like we've probably done over an hour's worth of uh just chatting in general but we'll do it again for sure um so thank you so much and we'll catch up soon all right mate cheers brother take care